Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of Romans, chapter 5. Here's Pastor Ryan. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Romans chapter 5. The book of Romans chapter 5. And give me an amen once you are there. As you know, in our church we go through the whole Bible, Genesis through Revelation, because we need all of the Word in our lives, not just part of the story, all of it. And Father, we thank you again for your love, for your grace, and your mercy. And Lord, while we study your word, we pray, Lord, give us the right heart. Give us, Lord, the right heart. May we come before you broken and humble, open to receive whatever you want to say to us this morning. Holy Spirit, lead us into your truths. You know where we're at. Meet us here this morning. Speak to us, Lord. May it be all of you and none of me. In Jesus' name we pray and together we say, Amen. All right, Romans 5. As you know, Paul the Apostle has made it clear by the leading of the Holy Spirit to the church at Rome and to the church everywhere and to our church today that the reality of the gospel is that all men, all of mankind, is guilty before God. That no matter how good people think that they are, they fall far short from the holiness and glory of God. All have sinned. If one was under the law, a religious Jew with all of the Mosaic laws, Christ, uh, Paul says, that doesn't save you. That doesn't make you right just because no one can keep the law. In fact, he talks about the justification by faith that Abraham, before the law was ever given, before Moses was around, Abraham believed God's promise and it was accounted to him for righteousness. So by faith, Abraham was made right by God. And the lesson is all of us have sinned, whether you're under the law or not under the law, whether you're a Greek or a Gentile or unaware of the laws of God, still, being a good citizen, being a good person, does not get one into heaven. It's all by faith in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. It is he who paid the price for mankind's sin on the cross. It is he who takes away our sins and justifies us. It's not of works that one is saved. It is faith. Simple belief in Jesus Christ. His grace. Our faith. That's all it is. You can't work for it. You can't earn it. You just receive the free gift by believing. It's not of works, but faith, lest anyone should boast. And so then Paul continues in verse 1, Therefore... 
Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have peace through God. And he says, therefore, because of these things, because we're saved and justified by faith and not of works, we have peace with God. That's the result of it. Peace. Peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And the word for peace in the Greek is um, irene or irene, which means to put back together as one. It speaks of something that was broken, that once was, but then separated. But this word peace means it's being set back together as one. And so what happens to us when we believe in Jesus Christ and give him our heart, we who were separated from God because of our sins, Adam sinned in the garden of Eden. And so sin passed down to all men. We're all born sinners because of that. We are born into this world thinking, what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to wear? We're not born into this world saying, oh, Lord, thank you for making us. We are about happy meals and food and warmth and physical because of the fall. We're in our fallen state and in our fallen nature. And God, who is holy, cannot have communion with sinful man. And so we've been separated from God because of the original sin, because of our sin. But when we put our faith in Jesus Christ, that which has that was once was but was broken apart is now brought together peace set in place as the way it was meant to be which is beautiful that is what we receive by faith in Ephesians chapter 2 verses 13 through 14 Paul speaks about you know the 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 Jews with the law and the Gentiles without the law and how Christ makes them one, but also that we are made one with God and thus can be made one with one another. In Ephesians 2, verse 13 through 14, Paul says, But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off, are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace, who hath made both one, and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. We were separated. There was a partition. There was a veil. We know that when Jesus breathed his last breath on the cross and said, it is finished, the veil of the temple was torn from top to bottom, right? As if God tore it, ripped it from the top of it to the bottom of it, signifying to the world that we all, by faith in Christ, now have access into the Holy of Holies. We know that the high priests in the Old Testament once a year was only allowed to go into the Holy of Holies in the tabernacle. Only once a year could he enter into what represented the throne of God on earth, the tabernacle, the Holies of Holies. Once a year, the high priest. Only once. And it wasn't without blood. He had to take blood in there from an animal sacrifice for his own sins and for the sins of the people. And he would sprinkle it on the mercy seat. Once a year... But all of that changed when Jesus died on the cross for our sins. 
And all of that changed for you and for me when we put our faith in Christ. That we realize that God is for all people who would put their faith in him. No matter the class, no matter the color of our skin, the, no, no matter where we came from, no matter our background, no matter how, how great our sin was, all of us have access equally because of what he did on the cross. And before I came to know Jesus, I had a, my thought on Christ, God, as a young man, was I believed that he was, he was exclusive for people who came from good backgrounds. I thought that he was exclusive to those who came from pretty world, I call it. Pretty world. Kids who had good parents, kids who had love, kids who had good things in their life. Because I was abused, I had nothing. I, I, you know, my father left at birth, my mother was disinterested, I ended up joining the gang at, at 15, and drugs and alcohol, all those things that almost destroyed me. I looked at life, I looked at God, and I thought, you are for them, you, you, are, you are exclusively for them. You love them, but there's no way that you would accept me, and there's no way that you love me. Look at the life I've lived versus their life. See, I judged God on the basis of other people's privileges and blessings and those things. But I was wrong. I didn't know the gospel. But then I heard. I heard about God's equality. I heard that all the world has sinned. All, and there's not one that's righteous. No, not one. So Ryan, they may look pretty, but they're as rotten as a sinner as you are. Even plain. Wow. And Christ came for sinners, Ryan, like you. They gave him a hard time for eating and drinking with sinners. In Matthew 9, verse 11 and 13. Matthew 9, 11 and 13. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said to his disciples, Why does your teacher eat the eat with tax collectors and sinners. And when Jesus heard that, he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. But I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. In fact, the reality that we were bad sinners, it makes us really qualified to be a part of his family that he can take us and change us is a miracle of miracles that he can give us a new heart that he can give us his spirit that him and the father can come and dwell in earthen vessels so that throughout history and beyond this history but continuing into eternity that we would be to the glory of his grace an example of it forever. Wow, you're in. Yeah, you're in too. It's a, it's, an, it's a miracle. And God is the God of the outcasts. He draws us. Who the world might shun, or religious people might shun, to the outcasts of Israel. He says, come. God beckons the sinner to come. Come to me. 
and find life, find forgiveness, find strength to live a different life. No matter how wicked we are, God welcomes us now to his throne of grace. That high priest with all the fancy robes who can only go once a year, we are the envy of him because we get to go every day as many times as we want to go into the holies of holies. But it's not without blood. We must believe in Jesus Christ and his death and resurrection on the cross. The blood. The blood. And God beckons us in Isaiah 1, verse 18. You know the verse. Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. God is so... Come reason with me. Come talk to me, son, daughter, come. What's on your heart? What's going on in your life? Christianity is a personal relationship. We, 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 we are able to pour out our hearts before him and say, God, help me in time of need. God, give me your Holy Spirit overflowing. Baptize me so that I can have the strength to live right. We can come, he beckons. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 through 16, seeing then that we have a high, have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. Jesus understands what we're going through, how we feel. He's a high priest who sympathizes with us and he's beckoning us to come. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We need to go to God daily and we need to go to him often. Our spiritual health is directly uh, connected to the amount of time we spent alone with the Lord in prayer, entering into the holies of holies, pouring out our heart. We become sound, we become clean, we become strong, we become uh, aware of, of his divine protection, we are reminded of his divine provisions, we are reminded that no one can mess with us. We are reminded that we are loved. We become sound Christians. But some are sick. Some are not healthy because there's not this relationship with him in entering in since he gave, made peace for us. We're not taking advantage of it. So many are sin, are sin, are are sick we need to come this speaks not of exper uh, uh, experiential peace the peace that I spoke about the peace that I spoke about as I said that which used to be was broken and now brought together as one that peace that's not what Paul's talking about here and we all know that there's an experiential peace with God Christ gives us peace moment by moment 
as we seek him. In John 14, verse 27, Jesus said, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Not as the world gives do I give you. Let your heart, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. When we seek God, when we seek the Lord in prayer, our hearts that were troubled become healed. Our hearts that were afraid become courageous. It's all in seeking our Lord moment by moment for the experiential peace that he gives. You know the verse in Philippians 4, 6 through 7. You know it. It's famous. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Seeking him in prayer. Spending time with him. That's where soundness is. That's where strength is. If we lack, Jesus says you have not because you ask not. Jesus said knock and it will be opened to you. Seek and you shall find. Our life as Christians is one that we seek the Lord in prayer. Corporate prayer is awesome. Coming together and praying together tonight's going to be awesome. But it's that individual time as Jesus time and again went to a secluded place to pray and and just was strengthened in prayer. That's how it works with us. Then we can say like Paul in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But many are sick and many are weak because there's not this seeking out. So it's always, I'm this way, I'm excused from the norm. You're not, and I'm not. Human weakness is not an excuse to not do what God says. It is not. We cannot stand before God and say, you know, you know how tired I was down there, Lord. You can't. Paul says, I discipline my body. I put my body in subjection. That's what I preach to others. I should be disqualified. He's talking about physical exercise, handling our business, getting our rest, eating right, doing what we have to do, alkaline water, (laughs) taking your vitamins and praying and doing what we have to do that makes for our peace so that we, we, the body is breaking down we got to you know preaching in the choir but I I preach to myself as in a mirror trying because we want to give God no excuses for being tired for being you know we got to be tough in the Lord and he toughens us up when we focus on the Lord through prayer and not on our problems when we focus on, on God and not our, on our circumstances, we know that things are going to be more than all right for us. But when we focus on our problems and our circumstances, it diminishes our faith, our hope, and we become saddened and depressed and worried and anxious. We're going to get our focus on the Lord. Seek his peace. He said, let not your heart be troubled. Let your heart not be afraid. My peace I give you, not like the world gives. 
Seek his peace. And if you lack peace and if you lack courage, that just means that you got to have a little retreat with the Lord. That's all it means. That's all it means. Human weakness is not an excuse for not doing God's will. And I have to be real and sober with, with my own walk with the Lord. My weakness is his opportunity to make me strong. My weakness. My weakness isn't an excuse. What if I only preached when I felt like it? This church would be closed down. I wouldn't, you know what I mean? I wouldn't be here. In season and out of season, Paul says, preach the word. In and out of season, when you feel like it and when you don't, go to church. Unless you're dying or contagious, don't come, but go. Well, I don't feel good. Neither did he on the cross. And, and the Bible is clear in Hebrews 12, to look to him as the author and finisher of your faith, lest you be discouraged. Lest you give up because we haven't resisted unto bloodshed against sin. In other words, God says, get up. You're not bleeding. Get up. You're not bleeding. It's his word, not mine. I'm just repeating it. <laughs> Moses said he could not speak. Jeremiah said he was too young. How many more in the Bible made excuses? And was God okay with that? Did God say okay? Oh, oh, my bad. I didn't know. No. He calls those who can't speak to speak. He calls us to do things above our pay scale, above our abilities, so that he gets the glory. Anyways, I'm going on a tangent. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Now, this grace in which we stand is a very powerful statement. To stand speaks of firm ground that we're on. Solid foundation. That military term, meaning to stand fast, means hold the ground. In this case, you know, he doesn't say stand fast. He just says that because of what Christ did, you're standing already on firm ground. On the rock, can be shaken, can be taken from you. We have been made one with God. He is, he is our peace and no one can take it from you. And that's what... That's the assurance that God wants you and I to have. You're standing on solid ground. Don't worry about it. No one's going to take you out of God's hands. In fact, Jesus said in John 10, verse 27 through 29, that's John 10, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give them eternal life. And they shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hands. We stand on that. You're good. You're good. 
if indeed you have tasted and seen that the Lord is good. Into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Verse 3. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. The word tribulations, as you know, it speaks of trouble. We also glory in tribulations, in trouble. Trouble. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come on out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you'd like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills.